0: Hello, and welcome to the AgTech So What podcast. Emerging technologies are rapidly changing the global agricultural industry, and we believe that this revolution is only getting started. But there's still too much hype out there and too big of a disconnect between ag and ag tech. So on this show, we try to bridge that gap. In each episode, we bring you the story of a different innovator in agriculture and try to find the place where ag and tech meet. I'm your host, Sarah Nolette. Today's guest is Dr. Rachel Hay, a researcher at James Cook University. When Rachel's not writing or researching though, she is a pig farmer. About five years ago, Rachel did her PhD on the adoption of ag tech, and her particular focus was on the role of women. Though this work is a bit old, her findings apply today. Things like just how important it is to build relationships and establish trust if you're trying to sell technology into agriculture and how farming is often a partnership where, surprisingly or not surprisingly, women have a lot of input into decisions. Rachel starts with some overall insights about the role of women in tech adoption.
1: Women play a large role in the decisions about buying technology. They are computer literate. They are eager to learn more, more than men. They're very happy to have a go on a computer or on technology where men were sort of a bit standoffish. And so we really found that women, on the, on the, the large scale, Women were the decision makers, and the developers were marketing
0: towards men. So for any ag tech companies out there, listen up. You just might be marketing your products in the wrong places or to the wrong people. When I was collecting my data,
1: I went to one of the technology producers and I said to him, there was two there, I went to both of them, and I said to the first one, you know, I just interviewed 60 people face to face, and out of all of them, one man was using a, t- a mobile phone and had used technology and a computer at home. Who are you marketing to? And they told me that they were using men's magazines, parts manuals, a newspaper that had a high male readership, and a few other things. And I said, you know, you should be marketing to women. And they said, don't be ridiculous. You don't know what you're talking about. So I went to the other developer, and I said to him the same story. I found this, you know, interviewed 60 people, and he said, wow, right, I'm changing my marketing strategy today. And he increased his sales by 800% over a month. So right from the get go, before I'd even written anything, you had two opposing sides, one that was on board, ready to go,
0: ready to run, and the other one who thought I was a complete idiot. So what did Rachel do for her PhD? Well, she interviewed farmers, women and men, with a focus on the cattle industry in Queensland. But as I know from firsthand experience, reaching out to farmers can be challenging, especially when you don't have a local link into the community. Rachel overcame this challenge by running a PR campaign, using the power of content to build trust, even with people that she didn't yet know traditionally
1: people in the cattle industry and I I haven't interviewed other farmers so I don't know about them but they're really shy they really don't like to talk to you they don't want to tell you about what they're doing they certainly don't want big brother looking over their shoulder and so I really felt like I needed to form a relationship with these people before I went and collected my data so I wrote a couple of feature articles I had them published in the local papers to the regions that I was collecting data in and I all so went to a large agricultural show and they have a, a magazine that goes with that so I got a feature article published in that as well and i did something like 130 radio and newspaper interviews leading up to my research and post research so I really put a big effort into this media campaign and what I really wanted to do was form that relationship with people I wanted them to know me before I got there and that worked because one of the ladies came running up to me and she said Rachel I'm so glad you're here I can't wait to talk to you I'm next do me next and so then she basically told everybody else in the area and they were all As soon as they heard who I was they were like yeah we've been waiting to talk to you this is fantastic how can we help and so already they were on the front foot to be able to answer the questions that I wanted answered from a very shy and, and inward facing group of people.
0: Some interesting insights for the ag tech or developer community in terms of how to build relationships as well. Like I imagine it's just as important doing um, research as it is in, in talking about a product or a solution or, or getting that kind of data collection around problems and, and things yeah, like yeah. that
1: yeah absolutely i think that the biggest barrier is that relationship to get someone to trust you and to trust
0: what you're saying so trust is such a a common theme that comes up in around technology adoption in agriculture how does that interplay with with women are women like more likely to be trusting of the technology or how does the kind of intersection of women and trust and adoption happen
1: i think women are more um they're busy okay so they're invisible farmers they have this you know, insurmountable amount of work to do. They're raising families, they're doing books, they're communicating with neighbours, they're communicating with authority, so the government, their bank loans, all that sort of stuff. And they're helping out on the farm. So most nine times out of 10, they're helping in the, and my data showed this, they're helping um, out on the farm during the day and they're doing their book work at night. And so they're looking for a way to make their lives easier and in doing that they're happy to investigate things and they are more even more happy if they're talking face-to-face to to someone so they may read something in a newspaper and then they might go and investigate it online but if they can then go to an ag show and talk to that person who is there there's that triangulation of trust i've seen it i've heard it i've read about it now i'm meeting it i think that it's not that they're trusting i just think that they're actually really good researchers
0: Over the course of her research, Rachel collected three rounds of data over three years. She noticed that for many women, the first piece of digital technology they took on was accounting software, things to make the paperwork a little bit easier. This technology acted a bit like a gateway drug. Even though it had its challenges, after seeing the value of software and gaining confidence in the digital space, many of these women started actively searching out other technologies, tech that could help in the farm, as well as the back office.
1: Using a computer for accounting was very passive. It was something that just had to be done. It was part of life and, and, you know, it was still painful because it was time consuming, but at least they had a computer to do it and they kind of set and forget it and away they went. But what they were really interested in now was walkover weighing systems and NLIS tags, so National Livestock Identification uh, System tags, which allowed them to throw a cow over a weighing system that went beep and put a number into a computer for them. And then all they had to do was take that data sheet and, and download it to their computer at home. So they could do that in the paddock. So they were outside, they had their laptops or their tablets or whatever they were using at the time. And that transfer of knowledge from doing accounting went into that. They knew how to set it up, like they'd seen a Windows screen. You know, all of that experience that they had before had now fed into using these new technologies. So when the census came in later with computer screens and mobile phones, that was still very, very foreign to men, but women really super embraced
0: it. What Rachel also found was that even though men may be using the technologies, they weren't the ones seeking it out. It was the women driving the whole process from researching solutions through to setting it up in the business. One of the ladies, she said to
1: me, uh, my husband's got a phone and I'm really wondering what he's, he's doing with it. You know, he hides in his shed and, and I can't go near him and he gets cranky and really angry every time I go near him. And, and I really started to wonder what he was using his phone for because they have access to the internet and anyway, one day his daughter snuck up on him and it turned out that he was actually looking at instructions on how to use his phone because he was too embarrassed to ask the women in his life to <laughs> teach him. And so he was really cranky that they'd caught him out trying to learn something new. And so that was quite, that was quite funny. And then the other story is John was a sheep farmer in South Australia and he had come to Rockhampton, which is quite a, quite a way away from each other to go to the, the beef week cattle show. And he was telling me it was the first time he'd ever gotten off his property and in the 30 years he'd been a farmer. And he brought his phone over to me and he had it in his hand and he was pointing at the screen and he's saying, look at that. I know that last night I lost 50,000 litres of water while I was away. Now, if I had not had my phone I wouldn't have known to be able to ring my neighbor and then he went over and he fixed it it's all fixed now something got stuck under the float and it's fine and I said well what are you showing me there John I was trying to work out can he show me like what what does he does he know what he's using I was trying to get him to see if he could tell me if it's an app or not and he said I don't know I just pressed this button and it all comes up and he was showing me pictures of his sheep drinking at their water stations and graphs and all sorts of wonderful things and I said it's an app do you know what an app is and he said no he said it's just a button on my phone i said did you put that app on your phone and he said no kate did now kate's his wife and i said ah kate did it and he said uh yeah and i said did you set up your phone he said no kate did it he said did you buy your phone he said no no kate did that so even though he was using that technology he was still absolutely relying on kate to buy it you know, decide on what sort of which phone was going to suit him because they're out in the back of never-never and so they had to have special phones with special aerials and, you know, made sure that it was with their connectivity and all of that sort of stuff. So I went over and talked to Kate and she said, yes, absolutely, I do everything and he just plays with it. (laughs) So... The dynamic between them um, is, you know, from in the very first round of data collection, one, the only fellow that had a a mobile phone or a smartphone back then was 76 years old and I asked him what he did with it and he said, my wife rings me. Now, it was a smartphone. He could have looked at the internet, he could have checked the weather, he could have sent a text. No, I've only got it so my wife can ring me.
0: While Rachel was conducting her research, smartphones hit the market and became mainstream. And Rachel was able to see a number of ways that this technology was being used on farms.
1: When I first started collecting, no no one had a mobile phone, no one had a smartphone. So now in that third year of data, every single person had one. The first thing that was on it was the weather. They mostly use it for the weather, but for fires as well. So when it's rain, when there's a fire, they like to check their market prices on it and they use it to find spare parts. So I think if we did the round of data collection again now, I think you'd see a more social side of things. I know that they would be heavy Facebook users, but not necessarily to keep up with the gossip, but to look at buy, swap and sell pages, to talk to their neighbours, keep in contact with their family, that sort of thing. So still a tool rather than a social life, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, I wanted to ask how you um, imagine things are changing, like in, in some ways, mobile phones and even smartphones are kind of like, not, they're not specific to agriculture in any way. And so yeah. I wonder now that that's really well diffused, like most people have a mobile phone and even tablets and home computers and, and things like that. Do you imagine the same dynamics, like the same kind of really influential role of women will continue to be true around more advanced analytics and robotics and the kind of next wave of technology in agriculture?
1: In the cattle industry, you will always find that the women are your forefront. And I think that while men are starting to understand things like using the technology, like having the phone and how to get their apps and using the sensor technology, they're still on that very technical side of things. So the women will go and research it. They'll look it up. They'll still talk to their partner. In fact, in the first round of data, the women were making you know the majority of decisions about what to buy. And in the third round of data, it was becoming a more joint decision so while the women were still doing the research they were talking to their husbands who had a better understanding of what they wanted from the technology and so then they would draw into that conversation about what to find and then the women would still make the purchase decide on the budget that side of things and then the men will do the install and the on-site maintenance of it but if you're feeding back to a computer and something went wrong, that would come back to the women. So it's more of a partnership, and women are getting more recognition in that partnership through being marketed to now, so women are starting to receive that information about technology rather than just the men, they're starting to become more considered in that process. But there's still those two roles, I feel, because I haven't done any research on that, but I feel intuitively that's what it is. And I know I speak to farmers all the time and they tell me this,
0: but I you know, I obviously haven't collected the data on it. There are many implications of Rachel's research, both for ag tech developers and for government departments and extension officers. One key is the importance of storytelling. Farmers
1: are the original storytellers, and so they really want to hear what's going on in a story like way they don't want to read a report they don't want to have an extension officer come and tell them another study that I've done one of the the largest findings in that was farmers do not want to be told what to do by government agents or young people who've just come out of university but if you've got a story that you can tell through social media or through a newsletter or something along those lines then that would be much better received by a farmer than than a report or you know an instruction and so so I guess out of several pieces of research that I'm doing at the moment is that there is a big barrier there between how to adopt. So if, if a farmer wants to adopt something and a salesperson, for example, is is telling them, so a marketer or, or a, um, you know, a developer is doing their own marketing, their first instinct is that someone's trying to take money off me. You know, someone's having a go at me. I, I don't know how to make that decision because it's a, it's a marketing ploy and, and no matter what, they want me to buy their product. But if a is if a starting to look at something, and we'll use sensor technology because it's easy, um, a sensor technology that they want, that they can use on their farm, that they have connectivity to, and the extension officer is telling a story about that based on research, then that's an increase, that increases the trustworthiness of that information. And so, again, there's that triangulation of information that is building trust between the farmer and the extension officer and the farmer and the product out of across all of the research that I'm doing, not just out of my PhD at the moment, there is that need to develop relationships between women and technology, which is happening, men and technology, which is happening via women, and then that
0: hierarchy of information from extension. One idea that Rachel and I tossed around was that tech itself can help to improve these relationships, helping to build trust between farmers, technology, and even extension. We're already seeing this on social media, as well as dedicated forums and websites that focus on ag tech and connecting farmers with new solutions. So what are Rachel's overall takeaways from her research? Are we making progress to include and recognize the role that women play in ag tech and adoption? And how is that role changing as technology advances? Rachel gives a bit of a summary.
1: I guess the biggest thing that came out of my research was that women are often not noticed in farming. And, you know, there's this terminology that's running around called invisible farmers. It's a bit of a cliche, but it's true. You know, they do a lot of work that's not recognised. And my research, along with a lot of other things that were happening at the time, was able to open this up and start developing the recognition of women in agriculture. So if you look at the trends before my research and other research that came after mine and, and during mine, Women were seen as a, they were talked about in a passive way. So they were there, but they weren't really focused on. There's a whole study I read on um, women in decision-making in farming. And uh, they actually interviewed men about the decisions that women made. And then they based all of these decisions on that research that interviewed Zero Women about women's decisions. So from a research point of view, my research and others around me opened that up and there's a lot more research coming into that, which is feeding into how those decisions are being made now at more of a partnership level. So men and women together rather than men being seen. And so that's bringing... A level of interest and respect towards women and partnerships making decisions in farming. And as those partnerships get strengthened through those decision making, more technology is adopted, more production is being had, and more profits. Hopefully, in the long run, are being made, but at the moment, you know, they're investing in technology, which is not, um, you know, it's it's an outward spend at the moment. So, you know, it's it's happening, and I can see it happening. I, more of the cattle farmers that I know now are using that technology to develop their way of life. They're spending more time working in either closer to home farm stuff or their families than running around the property looking at bore pumps or waters or whatever. And also, it's given them a little bit more freedom over their working. Staff. So for example, a lot of the farmers that I know at the moment have got rollover activation devices on all of their quad bikes and, and their cars and things. So they, from a health and safety point of view, they're allowing their staff members to do a little bit more of the work, which is freeing them up to be a little bit more of their family. You know, so there's lots and lots of implications from that adoption of of technology.
0: I think that's a great way to end and a hopeful view of of the future and and the role of not only this research, but like of women in ag more broadly and how it can kind of unlock the potential and the benefits of ag tech. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Ag Tech So What? You can stay up to date with the latest episodes and news at agtechsowhat.com. And as always, if you have any feedback or other guests to recommend, we'd love to hear from you. Just hop on the website and leave us a comment or send us a message. Finally, if you like what you're hearing, and we hope you do, please share the podcast with a friend or leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks again for listening. Catch you next time.